Yo, what is up, guys? Welcome back to Tag Team, Pokemon Trading Card Games premier podcasting duo. My name is Riley Holbert, joined, as always, by my good, good friend, Mr. J.W. Crewall. J.W., how's it going today? Hey, it's going pretty good, Riley. How are you? I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well. So for the uninformed, I've had a really tumultuous last couple of days uh, because I've been rocking my same like gaming laptop since uh, like midway through college. And obviously, I'm a couple years out from college now, so it's been a little while. Um, and it met its demise on saturday yeah yeah (laughs) so i had gone for a walk it was super nice outside and i had made the grievous error of leaving a cup of water on my desk um that was clearly like almost all the way full (laughs) 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 you know cats are curious creatures that they are and so i come home and you know everything's dandy our cats are so happy to see me i give a little pets and i come into my office and lo and behold um (laughs) the full cup of water is now an empty cup of water (laughs) and instead that it's all been deposited into my laptop (laughs) i actually didn't know that part of the story i just knew that your computer had fried so i thought it had died from natural causes no no i mean it was almost there from natural causes although the natural causes admittedly would be the wear and tear of that of those things happening repeatedly Mm. but the difference is it was stewing right so like normally if that happens i hear the cup tip over like crap i gotta go check on my stuff and i walk over and i wipe it up real quick and everything's fine yeah but who knows how long it could have been like the instant i close my door right (laughs) right and so i tried to make it work it like, the keys weren't all working consistently. Mm. They were working sometimes, but not consistently. So, like, okay, you know, I'm going to just get an external keyboard. It's going to be fine. Um, so, I do that the next day, and I'm playing a video game. I'm in the middle of a multiplayer game playing on my external keyboard, and then it crashes, like, completely. Oh, turns yeah. off and never turns on again, and that's the end of my laptop. So, that day I sprung and got a desktop and now i'm rocking my new computer so and it was pretty nice the specs are pretty good man yeah it's pretty nice and now i got the leds so i'll never make a new friend in real life again and it's cool so true so true (laughs) yeah i remember when i got my my build um i know you didn't put yours together but that was a really fun part for me yeah well i wanted to wait and get like something really nice and put it together uh, but A, like graphics cards is like impossible to get right now. So that's a factor. But B, I wanted it as soon as possible so mm-hmm. I could have a computer in my hands uh, right. prior to, you know, the end of the week at least. Right, exactly. So it's a whole debacle. Yeah, and you didn't get much testing, unfortunately. You had to kind of be at the whim of other people. I know. Yeah, that's something that's kind of been weighing on me the last few days i was talking to another friend who doesn't play pokemon and i was like yeah i'm just kind of upset that i haven't been able to play because i was really planning to grind out last weekend and you know my computer is ripped away from me yeah um and i wanted to grind out this week and i've been waiting for everything to ship only just got it yesterday as of recording this so um kind of bummed out about all that but you know, not to say that we haven't put our legwork in, like the team has been still grinding on Discord. I've been been hopping on and mm-hmm. contributing, but 
I really like to play the game. <laughs> yeah, I, I totally hear you. I totally hear you. Well, we should jump in then, Riley. Yeah, let's do it. So we have, uh, obviously, some results in the first IRL tournament back here uh, in this format in Melbourne, Australia, coming back with a very surprising cut, would you say? <laughs> It's surprising, not in the way you might expect. Like, there's not any crazy breakthroughs or anything. Right. Uh, you know, there's there's no strange deck that made it into cut. Quite the opposite, actually. There is only one deck in the entirety of the cut. Two variants, but one core archetype. And that is, of course, Palkia V-Star. I mean, we knew this card was good. But I don't think we could have ever anticipated a clean sweep of a top eight of an event. It's really unheard of. I mean, when you saw, maybe you're not plugged in as a listener to Twitter, but Twitter kind of went crazy on this, where it's just like <laughs> unbelievable to see that there was so much uh, similarity in that top eight. And it's something that, you know, many players don't think that they've ever seen in their time playing. And it's certainly not something that I can remember. Um, but yeah, pretty wild cut. So just to kind of give a little bit of a breakdown, top 16 was a bit more varied, but in the top eight specifically, it was four traditional Palkia builds with Inteleon and then four what has now been dubbed Turbo Palkia builds, which is just kind of... I don't know how quite to describe it if you don't already know what that kind of deck list looks like. It's like four Mew, a 2-2 Palkia line, um, just very much kind of you're hiding behind Mews and Dianceys until you get your Palkia set up, and then you go in and try to gust whatever your opponent's trying to set up, and you're just saying, I'm bigger than you, I'm hitting harder than you, um, and I'm going to be more consistent than you, and you just kind of go off from there. So... It was a pretty crazy finish, you know. Honestly, the two turbo two turbo decks met, met in the finals, and you know, ended up taking it home and really just kind of shifted the metagame in one weekend. Yeah, small point of clarification. I think it actually was three and five. Henry Brand oh, okay. actually did play the Inteleon, not the turbo version. I um, see. But uh, exactly right. The, you have that turbo Palkia version, and really, it, this engine we saw it debut just a few weeks ago with the dialga deck um that was piloted at late night that ended up winning and still has been making showings in the online scene and people have been trying to experiment with taking that engine into different archetypes palkia being an obvious fit with its two energy attack and just extreme damage output and clearly the australians you know put that to work bringing it all the way to a mirror match in the finals i mean what more can you ask for, right? A 60-card mirror in the finals? Yeah, absolutely. Pretty crazy stuff. So, I mean, now the question is floating in people's minds. What is going on with this format? Is Palkia truly that, that dominant? That it's all you can consider? Is there other decks that are out there that can compete? Um, and, you know, moreover, you know, what engine really represents the best version of Palkia? Is it the Inteleon engine or this more turbo, you know, fast-paced variant that relies on abilities to get set up from the onset of the game? So I think there's kind of two baked-in questions within there. First is, what's going on? Like, why was Palkia eight of the top eight in Melbourne? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a really good first question. I think one of the main things when I look back at the lists, um, and we kind of saw this with 
Well, there's like two big reasons, but we kind of saw this with the uh, the Brilliant Stars tournament mm-hmm. that happened in Australia as well, where Mew just was the most consistent deck. It was the most kind of, I wouldn't say obvious deck, but it's like, you know, it's the, the newest, uh, you know, the, the, the best thing for the time. You know, the BDIF has kind of been dubbed... Um, by pretty much everyone and then just a very straightforward list was brought very like consistent list was brought and did really well um so you know we look at palkia as being kind of the next uh, successor to mew as just this big dude hits for heavy damage um and so why did it do so well well i think it was a lack of certain archetypes we could talk about what those archetypes were in just a second but it was also that you know the metagame is very centralized the best players all test together and it was about a 200 person event so not to in any way discount what happened, but when you have the best players all playing the same or similar decks, uh, you know, it's really not surprising that you would get these results. It's kind of like when you're at locals and all the best <laughs> players are playing the same deck and all, all of a sudden, you know, they all win, you know, every week, right? It's, it's yeah. the same kind of thing. It's like when the best players are playing the same deck, like, of course it's going to do well. Yeah, and that's something that is worth calling out is... Um, you know, you think about it proportionally, Australia has a similar number of like really talented players to the rest of the world, which means, you know, they're rocking like just about that amount, you know, like eight to 16 of the top level players across the entire world, not to discount anyone else from Australia, but like, those are some of the folks that, you know, consistently are testing with each other and making a a name for themselves. The thing is though, because um, just by pure the numbers, that is a smaller number of top players than other regions who have a proportionally larger size. Those players all play with each other. They all end up reaching like the same conclusions, and they play the same decks. Um, you know, you compare that to the states. It's almost as if, uh, you know, going back in the day, it would be like if a, a Zul and his friend group, and Rahul and his friend group, and Isaiah and his friend group. And our group, they if we all tested it together and all played the same deck in a regional, right? Like that would kind of be the same, <laughs> the same situation there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you just don't see that in these other regions because there's wider arrays of people and they play separately from each other. Right. Um, again, not to discount anyone's accomplishment because it is truly amazing. You know, the fact they do so consistently at these Australian events speaks to their skill as players. Um, but that's a possible reason to diagnose why it was so concentrated at the top tables. Sure, absolutely. And then the other thing I would say is that there was a lack of certain archetypes. So there was a lack of, um, I mean, really anything lightning based. So immediately that knowing that, you know, going into a metagame that's kind of devoid of any of your flying Pikachus or really devoid of like your Regileckis, you know, um, <laughs> Uh, is going to be a favorable thing, right? When when you're the best deck in the format, it'd be like if Mew had, you know, it was playing in a field with no dark Pokemon. You know, it's yeah. like, well, okay, you know, you're you're facing uh, things that aren't going to be able to one-shot you for the most part, and that's just generally going to make it uh, easier for you to navigate in that field. So lack of lightning things, lack of mill tank. Um, the list had from my recalling like no real way the turbo list had no real way of of uh, beating mill tank um not that that's you know kind of the end all be all who knows maybe there was a lot of mill tank and they all just kind of lost early who knows but um just kind of yeah again another thing there that what might have been a potential roadblock um and then 
you know, just just not you know, not a ton of these like what I would say are negative matchups for for Palkia, um, or at least 50-50s like you know Mew, um, Reggie's, you know that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, you look at the the top sixteen of this event, which also shows what else was congregating at those top tables. You see some Mew decks up there. You see some more Palkia decks. Mm-hmm. Um, you got a Water Box type of deck. Uh, you got a Turbo Gengar, which is kind of cool. You got the the Mew engine in the Gengar deck, mm-hmm. and then an Italian. So nothing that really sticks out as being like notably a anti Palkia type of deck. Um, which honestly, this is just a very similar event to. Um, the regional at the start of Brilliant Stars when when Mew had been so dominant. You know, you had, it wasn't quite to the same level. You had some Arceus decks that were sneaking up there. Um, but Mew ended up, did end up taking the event in a pretty dominant fashion uh, with Natalie Miller. And the meta kind of adapted, right? We saw that immediate adaptation in Salt Lake City where Dark was the entirety <laughs> of the day two. Right. And I don't know, though then we'll talk about this later in the cast, but it's kind of hard for me to imagine that happening in a similar way with Palkia, just because there aren't that many great lightning attackers and certainly not that many great lightning attackers that can kind of make their own deck, right? I think about a lot of lightning attackers as being part of a deck. You have maybe yeah. your your flying Pikachus or your Tapu Cocos with your Arceus, and then you have your Regilecki and your Regibuilds or, uh, you know, <sighs> Raikou in your kind of toolbox builds or Zero Aura in your toolbox builds. So it's harder for me to imagine that kind of pendulum swing occur for, you know, in response to the Palkia dominance in uh, in Australia. Absolutely. And of course, we'll talk about metagame predictions for Milwaukee and like how we think the, the format will respond. But before we do any of that, I, I have to know your take, JW. We've seen now the turbo list ended up winning and getting the finals in Melbourne. The Intellion list has kind of been the mainstay from the get-go with Palkia. What do you think is the superior way to play Palkia V-Star? Yeah, I think it's going to be with the Intellions. I feel like that deck is the way the, the best deck in the format right now to abuse what I believe is one of the better cards in the format, Roxanne. And so I do think that you'll see um, kind of a shift away from the turbo variant toward a more, uh, I wouldn't say even conservative, but toward a more um, traditional Inteleon build. For really that reason alone, I really like the Roxanne. When you make it to the late game, it can be a very dominant card and helping a lot of comebacks. So I think the Inteleon build is kind of what we've been seeing, um, you know, in the online tournaments, a big shift away from... The Turbo Palkia build, for the most part, in these online tournaments, uh, favoring a little bit more of the Inteleon-focused build. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm inclined to think very similarly. I think the the Inteleon version just offers that layer of insurance and consistency that the Turbo version doesn't always quite provide. Um, also less vulnerable to cards like Path to the Peak. Uh, just ends up kind of rounding its edges a little bit better, in my opinion. Not mm-hmm. to say the turbo version is bad. I almost think, though, that the turbo style of deck is suited better to different partner Pokemon, if if I had to make a, a leap of judgment. Like, I actually think the Dialga deck, for example, is a, a better recipient of that kind of engine um, because it only really needs those two attackers to, 
deal with the whole game. Um, mm. Or like a Gengar deck is a good recipient of that kind of engine. You just get your Gengar powered up and hit for 280 <laughs> without having a wide bench or anything like that. Sure. Um, so I'm definitely more of a fan of the Italian version personally. It sounds like we agree on that here. Yeah, I mean, there are some inherent weaknesses with that kind of build. Um, you know, we're seeing a lot more Avery index mm -hmm. and so the Inteleon build is going to suffer a little bit more right because you're going to want to have your backup attacker uh maybe a radiant greninja uh and then the rest you want to have your Inteleon line so yeah. you're a little bit more susceptible to some weird discards with avery um you know same thing to a lesser extent with uh the collapse stadium and things like that and then you're just naturally a little bit slower right because yep. you're um you know trying to get out your basics on turn one instead of just plowing through your deck on turn one with all your items like trekking shoes and your crowbats and various things so <laughs> totally yeah. yeah i mean i think that's all all awesome and fair points are there any other like major takeaways that you think our listeners should be keying into as we look ahead to milwaukee well, I think if you just look at the top eight and you say, oh my gosh, Palkia, we were kind of saying this heading into that weekend is like we're either playing Palkia or we're, or we're countering Palkia. Um, but I, it's much in the same way uh, that Mew kind of operates where it's like, I don't think that it's necessarily, I don't think that it's necessarily something that you need to like over tech for um, mm. in, in the sense that the metagame itself will shift enough that like I don't know that we'll see the same you know sort of dominance uh, that we saw from this last week and I think in Milwaukee we'll see a wider array of decks in the top eight it won't just be a Palkia fest uh, gosh that would be cool though <laughs> that would be pretty crazy honestly <laughs> if it did it twice <laughs> like back to back just eight Palkias <laughs> be insane. Then, then people will start asking for a van <laughs> yeah so true so true <laughs> which to be fair that would be like almost unacceptable at that point it would probably be warranted we just had never seen that and then if it goes all late in naic then i, I actually think <laughs> and then worlds too <laughs> it's every tournament that'd be pretty sick or it has like a deeper run than all eight like all of top 16 <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> <laughs> uh, the possibilities every deck in day two who knows what do you take away riley from uh australia what are kind of some things that have shaped your testing this week as you looked back on australia's results i think uh you know australia definitely proved that palkia was was that deck you know the deck um we are again we already kind of said that that was the philosophy we adopted but australia was definitely the proof of concept there palkia congregated to the top very hard there um, I think the other takeaway is just the, the real power of that Mew engine, of that, you know, more item-heavy, basic Pokemon ability engine. You know, it's something that, it's honestly not dissimilar to, you know, for example, like the Picarom engine with Jirachi and Dedenne that we would play. Uh, it's really not crazily different than that is. So, mm -hmm. you know, I think it's a, perhaps an underexplored combo heading into Brilliant Stars. Maybe there's opportunities to even do stuff like this prior to astral radiance you know in the brilliant stars formats and before but you know kind of overlooked and i think that's the other takeaway that i had is you know exploring some more of those decks and those kinds of opportunities cool awesome 
Well, that's Australia in a nutshell. And really, we, we can't stop there because we have a back-to-back special. We have Milwaukee this coming weekend. And just the next weekend, we have the North American International Championship. So we got all sorts of crazy stuff going on in the Pokemon scene. Before we dive into the metagame for those two events, though, JW, why don't you hit us with the card of the day? Yeah, absolutely. Card of the day for me is one that I remember as it, it was like a it's one of those decks that, you know, was a meme at the time, but ended up doing pretty well at a tournament. And it was just a hilarious kind of silly deck that was coin flips and it just really didn't make a ton of sense. But ended up doing fairly well. I think it top 32'd at the uh, U.S. National Tournament that year, as well as some other placements uh, in various, uh, you know, U.S. And, and international tournaments. But it is a card from the Heart Gold Soul Silver block, the Triumphant Expansion. Let me see if I can read the Pokedex entry. It can swim at speeds of 75 miles per hour by jetting seawater through its body. It is the Bandit of the sea the bandit of the sea that has to be sharpedo so right yes the strip bear attack <laughs> flip two coins if both of them are heads your opponent discards all <laughs> cards from their hand how fun is that so you have one darkness energy on that does 20 damage so the damage is pretty negligent uh, negligible there uh, but you have this crazy side effect where if you flip two heads you get to discard your opponent's entire hand. So it was played in this kind of weird block deck. You played it with Victini. You might play it with, I don't know, any other like locking strategies. There was like Weavile at the time, which would discard a card from your opponent's hand. So you could kind of like slow them down a little bit as you're trying to hit your two heads and then go into a secondary attacker that can do a bunch of damage. Um, it was a wild deck, and I just love this card. It's kind of a funny artwork. It's drawn in that heart gold soul silver style of um kind of that hand-drawn maybe a little bit more traditional japanese style and i just love the card a lot (laughs) yeah that card is super funny i feel like uh i feel like i have this distinct memory of a top cut video like a puka video Mm. of him playing that deck on tcgo and using that weavile to pair his opponent's hand down so check that out if you're listening to this and want to watch some top cut content because that's top tier for sure I know, I need to go back and and check it out. The catalog is amazing, for sure. Um, Honestly, when you said a coin flip deck that was kind of rogue and did well at a a Nats, I was thinking um, of the Blissey deck that did well at the last Ah, Nats with the powerful slap. I thought it would be a cool tie together because Blissey's also a flayed card right now. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Yeah, no, uh, that would also have been really good choice i wish i had played blissey for tournaments in the last format that was a super fun deck but speaking of stripping bear which again (laughs) is the attack name on sharpedo speaking of stripping bear we have our sponsors to introduce riley why don't you take it from here that's right as you all know if you play the pokemon video game sharpedo rocks the ability rough skin and with our sponsor today you'll be able to be smooth like no other so don't be a sharpedo and check out 
Manscaped. That's right. Tag Team is presented by Manscaped. And we're partnering to bring you some awesome stuff. They just released their Ultra Care package and their Boxers 2.0. I got my Boxers 2.0 in the mail just a few days ago. And I've been rocking them daily (laughs) because I love my Manscaped Boxers. Uh, Listeners of the cast, of course, know that. The Ultra Care package also includes a shaver, which I actually just used today to bring my facial hair down because uh, it was getting a little unruly and a few, one to two to three to a dozen too many gray hairs were showing in my beard. Mm. So that had to go for sure. Um, <laughs> but really though, Manscaped offers awesome products. I've never gotten a nick or a tear when using Manscaped stuff, which is just so good. Uh, so it manages to strip bare all those hairs get rid of the rough skin and leave me feeling nice and fresh. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, Manscaped products have been really good to you, Riley. They've been awesome to me as well. And if, you know, you still got a couple of days uh, out there, guys, if you're wanting to get uh, your dad something special for Father's Day or any ladies that might be listening, if you want to get your uh, special sweetheart a little something for Father's Day, then that would be a fantastic choice. Riley loves the boxers. I love the ear and nose hair trimmer. There's a lot of things. You can go on the website, manscaped.com. Use the code tag team. You get 20% off plus free shipping. That's a huge, huge incentive to go check it out. Just see what they got. You know, that would be my suggestion. Manscaped.com. Use code tag team at checkout for 20% off plus free shipping. That's tag team at checkout for 20% off plus free shipping. Thank you so much to Manscaped for sponsoring the cast. And with this, JW, it's time to talk about Milwaukee at NAIC. The last two events of the premier season here leading up to the World Championship. Your last chance to secure your World's Invite if you don't have it already. All the cards are on the table, and it's time to talk about what cards you should be putting on the table. (laughs) It's so ominous. It's your last chance. If you had any chance, well, you know, before, well, this is the last one. Don't let it it go to waste. Is it wrong? Don't, don't let it go to waste. Don't, (laughs) don't miss out on worlds by six points. (laughs) I'm just saying. (laughs) You're right. You're right. It is the last one and there is a lot of pressure and, I will still have fun despite only being uh, six points away from an invite and, and being stressed the whole time. But, um, yeah, we got a lot of different things popping up here over the course of the last, oh, I don't know, three or four weeks since uh, this new set's been live. And it's going to be, I think, um, you know, just with a little bit of a bigger tournament than the Melbourne regionals in Milwaukee. I think it's slated to have around 500, 600 players. Uh, And then an even bigger tournament at NAIC, somewhere in that thousand player range. We're gonna see a lot of innovation. We're gonna see some new decks. um, And like we were kind of joking about before, it's probably not gonna be all Palkia. (laughs) Probably. We don't want to write hey, it off, though. That's right. Yeah, I mean, we we still might be playing Palkia, so I mean, that's at least two top eight slots. That would be Palkia, if so. Absolutely. So, I, JW, you alluded to this earlier. You thought the meta was going to shift in response to Melbourne. Uh, you know, we were going to see less Palkia and some more variety. Do you have any insight into how that shift might look or occur like what are people trying to do to respond to the palkia heavy metagame in melbourne 
Yeah, so I think there was it didn't seem from the results that there was a lot of Reggie. I still personally believe that Reggie is a pretty good deck, and I think it has a fairly good Palkia matchup. Great Palkia matchup? No, but I would say favorable Palkia matchup um, for, for at least for my testing. Um, you know, obviously things can get weird with Roxanne, things can get weird with, um, you know, Temple of Sinnoh if you happen to be playing that in Palkia. Um, but, you know, if, if you're not playing those things, then I think it's quite strong. Um, I think there will be you know, we talk about kind of the decks that I don't want to say like, you know, the the random per we talk about the random person, but this is like a person that maybe plays in one or two events a year. You know, this is like their only regionals. They haven't really put a ton of time into it, but they, you know, see a deck that's pretty straightforward and linear and they just kind of gravitate towards this. And I think one of those decks is Blissey Miltank. And so I think that that will be another deck that and if you're considering Blissey Miltank for this event, don't don't hear that and think that I'm like knocking on it because I think the deck is actually pretty sick. Uh, and there's a lot of decks out there right now that just can't really deal with mill tank um, or, or can't, you know, deal with it, deal with multiple mill tank. And so I think, you know, it's a it's a solid choice heading into the weekend. Um, and I think that there are, you know, certainly a lot of different things you can do with a list to kind of tweak it for for what you would expect. Um, I, I would also expect to see just a lot of Mew as well. So Mew against Palkia, we found in our testing to be about 50-50. It's one big dude swinging against another big dude. And if the one gets going faster than the other, then they generally tend to win. And that's just kind of how it is. So um, those are kind of the three that I'm looking at as being, you know, challengers to, uh, to Palkia's throne, or at least giving Palkia a harder time. Uh, in the field over in Milwaukee. Yeah, Reggie is definitely, it's gone through ebbs and flows, it feels like, in terms of popularity. I do feel like quite a few players like it. You know, you and I both have played quite a bit of Reggie and find it to be a really fun and powerful deck, uh, hmm. which is two great things to have going for you in combination with each other. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I, I think it does have kind of a stigma that still hangs over it of being an inconsistent pile. Which, honestly, I think that's just the name of the game when you're playing single prize decks anymore. You know, Malamar was very much the same way. And I don't see Reggie really breaking that mold in terms of consistency in a way that Malamar didn't. Um, but that doesn't mean it's not powerful. What what Reggie brings that Malamar doesn't is like that very consistent weakness hitting potential against the top decks in the metagame. Or at least the one-shot potential, if not weakness. Yeah, for sure, right? You have the one-shot potential against... Durludon, the Mew, um, you know, any of these other random VMAXs that you might encounter, which was really not something that Malamar was able to say with consistency, right? It was like you always needed that one reach turn yeah. with the Malamar deck where, like, you had to just have everything kind of the sky opened up and Mer Mercury was in retrograde, <laughs> and then all of a sudden you had the the amount of, of rapid strike cards in your hand to knock out one of those VMAXs, and it just felt like a really tall ask, and if you didn't get it on that one specific turn, then you just lost. Yeah, absolutely, so... Now, what Malamar has potentially over a, a deck like Reggie is it can play those consistency support Pokemon, whereas Reggie really only can leverage the Reggies. So your only consistency card in terms of Pokemon support is going to be that Reggie Drago, which is a fairly powerful consistency Pokemon. Randomly has the, the once per turn clause on it, 
which seems unnecessary, <laughs> but mm-hmm. but it's a good card, nevertheless. Yeah, the frustrating thing on that is like it's it's the best kind of in a vacuum attacker. Um, yeah, you know if you're not hitting for weakness, like it does the most amount of damage, uh, which is just kind of funny and kind of sad. <laughs> Absolutely, especially because you don't really want to be attacking with it. Like you want to keep it safe from harm. Uh, you don't want your opponent to be able to Roxanne you, for example, and knock out your your Reggie Drago. You want to keep it safe and tucked exactly. away, keep it hidden. For sure. <laughs> Which you can always do if you're using it as your attacker. So Reggie, though, I'm a huge fan of it still. I think it's an incredibly powerful deck. Uh, and JW, of course, does as well. I'm curious, JW, you know, Arceus hasn't really been mm-hmm. a mainstay of the conversation on the show for the last few weeks. And it hasn't been a truly, like, impressively showing contender in the online scene, nor did it show up in, in great quantities in Melbourne. What do you think's the deal with Arceus right now? I really don't know. I, I Arceus is one of these nebulous decks that if you're going to play it, I don't necessarily think it's like a bad choice. Like it's not, you know, it it dethroned uh, Mew last format as being the best deck or or the best collection of decks. And so I don't, you know, it's hard for me to say, oh, the deck is bad, but. F- for some reason, it just feels like it's lost a step, this format. And I don't know if you can kind of agree with that, if you, if you have that same take. But every Arceus variant that I've tried has just felt a little bit lackluster in comparison to Palkia. Palkia, to me, just feels like the better Arceus. I've said this for a while now, but it's now kind of playing out with more tournaments in this format and, and more opportunities for Arceus to do well. It just really hasn't done particularly well in comparison again to Palkia variants. So it's hard for me to put a finger on why it's not doing particularly well because it's certainly the most versatile deck in the format uh, in the sense that you can play it with any secondary attacker and yet we just haven't seen the right build of it. So will that emerge? I think it's kind of doubtful. My testing with Arceus has been a little bit underwhelming that doesn't mean it won't, you know, it, it won't it won't perform well, but it just means that I have not been that impressed with the build, especially again in comparison to Palkia. Yeah, I I largely agree. I think, and I think really the answer as to why Arceus has faded down is also the best deck of the format. It's Palkia, you know, whereas Arceus was maybe a little bit stronger into Mew than maybe Palkia is because it had that dark ability, like that dark attacker option that Palkia just can't support. <laughs> you know, it mm-hmm. doesn't have the capability to do that. Um, but Palkia trades off just an insane amount of aggression. You know, in the Arceus Mirrors, for example, it was truly devastating if your opponent was able to pull off the combination of cards to knock out your benched Arceus with an energy on it going first. Mm-hmm. And Palkia, that combination is really incredibly easy to hit. If you have two Pokemon on your bench, they can knock you out with a choice belt. <laughs> it's right. that overwhelming, the damage output. If you have one Pokemon on the bench, they can knock you out with a choice belt and like a Zigzagoon if they play one. You know, it's right. crazy how quickly the damage can ramp up on a Palkia. So they prey on those basic Arceus more efficiently than any deck besides Mew. And what Mew had going for it, or what Arceus had going for it against Mew, 
is that you could eventually power up a dark attacker and swing for three prizes. Mm -hmm. Whereas for Palkia, you're always going to be in these really awkward, compromising situations. Um, So I think that's kind of what it boils down to. My guess is people will play Arceus more in the States, is my guess, than they did in Australia. I think that for sure. And I, but I do think if an Ar- if an Arceus deck ends up winning an event, for example, it'll be a departure from how Arceus has looked in the last format. Would be my guess. Yeah, Turbo Arceus. Yeah, it, it'd be like <laughs> it'd be Super Arceus, or it would you know have a really interesting combination of cards, or it would rely on like the Barrel Engine over the Intellion Engine, and have you know more unique attackers uh, than maybe we've seen historically. It's it's not going to be, in my opinion, like the standard Arceus Intellion or Arceus Beedrill that we're going to see winning events or even placing super high at events in these gigantic tournaments, in my opinion. Yeah, and that's it's good that you bring up Arceus Beedrill because you have just the existence of a Palkia deck. And let's say Palkia wasn't, you know, was just like a 50-50 matchup into Arceus. But the pure existence of the Palkia in the metagame as, as being such a major proponent, you're just kind of wiping out um, one of the best archetypes from the last format in Arceus Bs. It's just interesting, like, all the Arceus decks will have to shift over. Um, I would say that Arceus Bs was one of the most effective Arceus builds in that arch- you know, in the Arceus archetypes history one of the most effective uh powerful builds of that deck and now it's just kind of not really relevant anymore because you figure that you'll face you know a quarter of your matchups into a deck that it will do nothing in so you know it's it's it will be i think like you said uh very hard for arceus to adapt but if it does adapt it'll be pretty um you know unique in that we'll probably have never seen that you know combination before i also kind of assume that it's going to be challenging for arceus because they're either going to again like play a radically different build like more of a like a box sylveon type build uh sort of like we were seeing towards the end of last format where we were relying more on two prizers and filling up the bench to support pokemon um or you're going to just have to really focus your battles, right? Like, the problem is, and we talked about this before, is Palkia and Mew just weren't such different game plans to deal with. You know, Palkia, you're either trying to restrict your bench down to nothing, or you're trying to hit them for lightning weakness. And against Mew, you're either trying to, like, pass to the peak, Marnie them, or you're trying to hit them with a the dark attacker, or do both. Mm-hmm. Um and those strategies don't really overlap super well um, unless you're doing like a toolbox which has all sorts of types of attackers. But those have been kind of underwhelming to me. So I don't yeah. know. I'm really curious to see what people do. I'm just not really into Arceus right now. It just feels too complicated to put all the pieces together in a way that feels good. I do have a feeling that there will be some good players who will at least try to crack that code. Um, but personally, I'm kind of over it. Yeah, I hear you. What are some of the decks that you've been trying over the last you know couple weeks i have been looking into i was really kind of hype on a on a single prize intellion build that i was convinced was really good into mew was really good into palkia was you know could handle anything in the format but the problem i feel like is that there are just too many decks in the format for a counter box 
to really be as effective as I would want it to be. Because you really don't do a lot in the Reggie matchup. You really don't do a lot in the Miltank matchup. Um, you know, you have a really hard time into something like Arceus Duraludon because you can't play a, you know, fighting type, you know, and it's like, there's just all these things where it's like the format's so wide that you can't just pigeonhole yourself into saying, oh yeah, I have a good Mew matchup and I have a good Palkia matchup. I should be good to go for this tournament or I should be good to go for this event that I'm playing in. It just doesn't quite work like that because there's such diver diversity and such variety and because Palkias are super expensive. <laughs> like that's another thing to factor in. Like you're just going to be playing a bunch of stuff that's kind of random because people aren't either willing or able to shill out the money for Palkias. So that was one thing that I was trying. Um, I've been playing some Blissey recently that I've been really enjoying. Miltank just shuts down a number of decks. Um, most, you know, importantly i would say is like the turbo dialga that has been seeing some play and then the turbo palkia if they don't happen to play like a i don't know a, a napoleon i guess uh -huh. would be the the card um for that deck so just really an interesting and it shuts down like arceus biberal decks as well right just straight up because they usually don't play a one prize attacker so i've been trying that i'm just curious rally are there any other decks that you've been trying or looking at is you know kind of being on the outside i know we've talked about playing palkia or playing something that counters palkia so i'm just curious if you've had any other thoughts regarding auxiliary decks that you would consider for this event yeah outside of palkia i have played a lot of mew in this format i really do like mew quite a bit in this format it feels really good really smooth um and there's just a little bit less hate which is all that mew needs to slide in and feel amazing again um, that said, you know, discounting again, also Reggie, who I've played a lot of Reggie, y'all know that is, um, I've been trying Urshifu uh, randomly quite a bit. <laughs> I've been trying to make that work. Honestly, very similar concept to your single prize Inteleon box, you know, being able to, to target it hit for weakness and piece together crazy combos with Inteleon, all that kind of stuff. And it's okay <laughs> like it's felt fine i maybe i just haven't found the build it it again it just felt a little bit better when that metagame is a little more focused with arceus um you felt like you had just it was easier to piece together your game plans in that kind of environment and there's just like one too many things that i want to be able to fit to beat everything is mm -hmm. kind of how i feel with the, with the urshifu deck now maybe someone is able to to find that combo um, or maybe find the omission that you just don't need for a particular metagame. But that's been my, my beef with Ursh, is I feel like I want, like, 63 cards, not 60. Mm. Uh, and if I had 63, the deck would be perfect, but it's I'm stuck at 60, so. Yeah, I feel that way for sure. <laughs> so that's been, that's been another challenge. Um, I did also try a lot of the single prize Inteleon box, um, sort of, I don't want to say at your request, but like to try and like bolster your case. I also played a lot of that deck and um, kind of ran into the same problems where it wasn't good enough against the two decks that I was trying to beat with it. Mm -hmm. And uh, without that same like Arceus Mew metagame, it just lost a little bit of that oomph. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I mean, the road has honestly kind of led me towards Palkia in the last few weeks. It feels like that's just an incredibly good, safe, consistent deck. Um, I'm I'm well and open to being challenged on that, you know, in the days leading up to Milwaukee. But 
it just feels like kind of one of those events where it's just why would i not just play the best deck i hear you totally totally and you know we're kind of of the opinion that the intellion deck offers a little bit more variety in in the uh, in the strategy it's not as just kind of beat stick as the turbo palkia version is uh, it's maybe a little bit more well-rounded at the cost of being a little bit less consistent in the early game yeah. um, but that's maybe a little bit where we favor um, going with the deck just in terms of you have more options you're more easily able to play around certain strategies that your opponent might enact um, so yeah, I, I guess you could say we're both pretty, again, solidly on that Inteleon build for now. So GW, if you had to not play Palkia, mm-hmm. you know, you, you, for some reason you're completely forbidden from playing Palkia at Milwaukee, what would your deck of choice be? I think Mew is really solid. I think yeah. the metagame has never been better for Mew. Not to just kind of rehash a little bit of what you're saying, but um, the metagame's never been better for me just because I feel like a lot of the hate has shifted a little bit more towards Palkia um, and less, you know, to to Mew. There's a lot less path being played. For the most part, obviously, there are still decks that play a high count of path. Um, but even that's not necessarily, like, in the Reggie deck, it's not necessarily a given that they're going to be playing three or four path, right? Like, totally. they might just play uh, their their mountain, their, their lightning stadium, thunder. I always get it mixed Stormy. up with Thunder Mountain. Stormy Mountains. There we go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, less path, just generally, I would say, in the meta. And then less Dark Attackers as a whole. Like, the the best yeah. the best decks to utilize Dark Attackers, for the most part, in the last format, were these Arceus decks. You know, Arceus Hoopa, Arceus Moltres, that kind of thing. And we're not seeing that. Or even Urshifu. You know, yeah. Urshifu with the backup of the Galarian Moltres and just being able to slam that down at the second half of the game and take oh hit. Oh, I said it again. Oh, One my hit gosh. KOs. Yeah, you did that the other week, too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, treading the line between Oko's, yeah. and then I'm like, Oko sounds so stupid. <laughs> I see how you got there. But... Um, One hit knockouts in the second half of the game with that Galarian Moltres. So you have these decks that really just aren't seeing a lot of play right now they featured probably the they were some of the best ways to feature the dark type attackers and they're i don't want to say they're unviable for this format but they definitely feel a step behind a lot of the other decks that are doing well right now that's a couple of reasons that i feel like mew is just in its in in sense i guess the first melbourne regionals where mew won it feels like it's in its best position ever yeah, especially if people start gravitating more towards Palkia and Palkia Hate, it it's another like opportunity for Mew to slide in. I totally agree. Mew would be my next choice. If I had to go one choice further down, it would be, it would be Reggie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, I think right now, if I could get my hands on the uh, the Blissey deck, I think that would be a fun one. I've Blissey been might be my number. Blissey might be my next one after Reggie. <laughs> then what's your next one? Ah, uh, gosh, I don't. I don't, think I, have, I don't think I have one. Honestly. <laughs> Dialga. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't I think Dialga's a good deck. I'm not lying. I think it's good. <laughs> There's just so many decks that are pretty reasonable to play right now. It's kind of cool. It's kind of frustrating. Um you know, there's a lot of variants of different decks, and there's a lot of cores that are really good. Uh, you know, the turbo core can be played. We talked about with just a bunch of different things. Um, 
you know, people are experimenting even with their Mu decks, playing things like Cancel and Cologne, playing things like the Ice Q. Um, it's just a fun time in the format right now in terms of the variety of decks and techs that you could see. Absolutely. So, what do you think? I have one. Oh, I have one more question, Riley. Um, what do you think about Arceus Duraludon? Because I think of all the Arceus builds right now, the one that I've been seeing the most has been Arceus Duraludon, or Duraludon, whatever. <laughs> don't don't write that in a comment um, to me later on Apple or Stitcher or wherever. But Arceus Duraludon has been the Arceus build that I feel like I've seen the most on the ladder. And it's been that kind of, in in my perspective, has been kind of the deck that goes along with Arceus. And I think we would be remiss if we didn't talk about it a little bit. So I'm just curious your thoughts on Arceus Duraludon. Do you think it's going to be a deck that people, you know, will play in high numbers in Milwaukee? Do you think it's going to be a high-performing deck? Where do you think it sits right now in the meta? I think it's like an average deck, you know. it It doesn't really gain anything particularly phenomenal, like, Maybe you could make arguments that if you if the Palkia matchup goes the right way, that you can like prevent them from KOing you for multiple turns with Hyper Potion or something like that. Um, but I think realistically, it's uh, it's just as fine as it's always been. Um, you know, it blocks out some decks, it does average against other decks, and it you know it struggles against some other decks i think maybe it's a little bit better than it was towards the end of the brilliant stars format you know with stuff like reggie on the rise um with the palkia decks being an okay matchup and you know the mu decks perhaps playing a little bit greedier maybe not playing all the tools to deal with the duraldon as effectively but um it wouldn't be a deck that i would look to play and I think it'll end up having relatively average placements. Mm. Yeah, I think one of the things that I've noticed with that deck is that you're still losing to Mew. I've just, every time I've played the deck, every time I've played Mew against the deck, I've always um, seen it shift towards Mew in favor of Mew. And that's one of the decks that, you know, with a with with an ability like Duraludon's, like you don't want to be losing to Mew. That's like a, a matchup that you feel like, oh yes, I should go into this very favorable. I should do very well into this matchup, but it just hasn't been the case. And so I think that would be one of the things that kind of discounts it for me. I don't want to take just, you know, I, I could take maybe a negative Mew matchup, but I don't want to take a horrible Mew matchup. I will say though, that if the Duraludon gets going, it, can beat pretty much anything. I mean, it does have a really decent Palkia matchup. I will say that just because it has a little bit of healing, um, it can keep a really low bench, and it's hard totally. for the Palkias to get through these big Duraludons. So that's one thing that if you're thinking about playing this deck, you're going to have a strong day if you face a lot of Palkias. Yeah, which is funny because Palkia plays only basic energy, but uh, it's one of Duraludon's you know, matchups that it's looking for. Mm-hmm. I, and I still think, though, like, the deck has consistently the problem where, you know, you're really just relying on your supporter to draw your cards every turn. You don't have any fancy tricks or abilities after you V-Star power. And so, like, you could still whiff those Hyper Potions. You could whiff your second Duraldon to attack with. It just gets weird sometimes. Sure does. Um, so it just wouldn't be a deck that I would look to play, which I know, like, yeah, I'm the one who played it at the the full grip brilliant stars <laughs> thing but i i wouldn't like repeat that performance i don't think sure 
any other major hits prior to Milwaukee here? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, there's really not a ton that we haven't talked about. There's some, you know, Zorark is a card that I think has been drastically underplayed. You know, you have things like Mighty Ina to pair with it now. Um, that could be kind of cool. Nah. Um, <laughs> You've tried? Uh, drastically underplayed. It's played the amount. It's it massively should. underplayed. It's, it should. Massively. it's played about it's the, the amount that it should be bro. played. It's the, it's the <laughs> ultimate underdog. You have things like the Malamar, Rapid Strike Malamar, that I think you know has has potential. Like It's not really necessarily um, leagues behind Reggie as being the best. I was thinking deck. about Rapid Strike the other day. It, yeah. It's like, why isn't it being played right now? That's <laughs> so true. Um but yeah, I mean, I think those are, you know, you have things like Darkrai and Hisuian Samurai that, I, I don't know, I, I do get sauced up sometimes by Darkrai players on the ladder. I don't know if this is the same with you, but that, that, that can be kind of spicy sometimes. I don't be losing to Darkrai. Oh, shame. <laughs> you might, though. Well, that's fair. That's fair. Skill, <laughs> skill diff. It's definitely a skill diff. <laughs> What about well, you, Riley? Anything that you're, uh, you know, you're thinking about here coming into Milwaukee? No, I, I'm trying to be a little more focused heading into Milwaukee and NAIC, because um, if I want to have a really focused game plan into Milwaukee, and then if I'm wrong about it, then at least I get time to pivot before NAIC. The bigger of the two, um, is kind of my thought right now. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So, plus. For our poor listeners, if we keep introducing decks, <laughs> it will only end up confusing <laughs> the, the metagame. <laughs> so, moral of the story, Palkia is a really good deck. Uh, if you're not considering it, make sure you have a game plan against it or a favorable matchup in some sort of way. Yeah, Palkia, Mew, Reggie. Five more decks, though. <laughs> Blissey. <laughs> no, we're for real. Falcon you and Reggie is kind of like our trifecta right now. Yeah. And uh, make sure if you're coming to Milwaukee that you say hi. JW and I will both be there. We'd love to to catch some haze and hellos. It was awesome to see you all at some of the previous regionals. And we're so looking forward to seeing you in Milwaukee and an AIC. And with that, I think we're coming to a close here. If you enjoyed this episode or you have feedback, be sure to leave a rate and review on your favorite podcasting platform. That helps boost us up in the algorithm and lets us know what we're doing well and what we should change for next time. And you can follow us on social media. JW, where can they find us? They can find us at Tag Team Pokemon for the podcast. They can find us at Real John Walter. That's my personal Twitter handle. And at Smiles with Riles for Riley. You can also find us live on Twitch every Wednesday night over at twitch.tv slash munner. I also run my own Twitch channel over twitch.tv slash flexdaddyrighteous where I play a bunch of fun decks and then put them up on YouTube a little bit later under a channel by the same name. Awesome. Well, you appreciate all your listenership and we will catch you in Milwaukee. Peace.